Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast. Now, I've heard there are places other than the North. And to make sure I don't forget that, we have a, a very special guest. We have the chair of the Heart of England uh, Lib Dems, which is uh, a group set up to help promote Lib Dems in the Midlands. Uh, so and on behalf of them, we have their acting chair and someone who I got to know very well because we were on the Next Generation Lib Dem program together way too long ago. Uh, only I look worse and he looks better, so I don't know how that's gone on. But this is Michael Mullaney. Hi, Mike. Hello, John. You're right. I'm fine. I'm fine. So you, weird enough, we've had fairly similar trajectories. We are now both borough and county councillors in our areas. We've both decided to try and do something to get our regions a little bit more active. But tell us why, in from your point of view, you decided that setting up the Heart of England group was so important to you. The basic feeling amongst quite a few members in the Midlands, East and West, was that the Midlands is often forgotten both in terms of the policy issues that affect the Midlands, but also in terms of the Liberal Democrats often not, not being, um, Midlands not being an area that perhaps gets so much attention within the party. So basically, in part of England, two aims are to raise the issues that concern the Midlands, but also to raise the, the, the increased support for the Lib Dems across the Midlands. So it's got two basic objectives, because I think a lot of people do have a feeling that the country is quite concentrated on London and the southeast of England, and if you're not in those groups, you miss out. But I think with Scotland and Wales, you've at least got a parliament that can put your voice across. In terms of the north, there's the well-talked-about north-south divide, and so at least the north gets its issues raised through that. I think with the Midlands, there's often a feeling that if you're in the north, the Midlands down south, and if you're in the south, the Midlands is somewhere up north. So, you know... We're often yeah. an area which is often overlooked and forgotten. And basically, Lib Dems are the heart of England. It's about promoting the Midlands issues and promoting the Lib Dems within the Midlands. And I suppose what the general election taught us about, not, I mean, it, we, everyone just again assumes, you know, you talk about those red wall areas that the Tories took this time. Again, people tend to think of the, the northern seats, but actually, the Tories' success in the Midlands um, is, is showing that the. There is appetite for change. So it isn't just a Labour kind of stronghold that other people can win those seats. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the Conservatives now have about eight out of ten seats in, in the Midlands, including places like Mansfield, North East Derbyshire, Dennis Skinner's old seat of Bolsover, you know, areas which you think will always be Labour went Conservative because I think the Conservative message, unfortunately, on Brexit was quite appealing in the Midlands because East and West Midlands were the two highest leave voting regions in Britain, 60%. And so obviously that hurt Labour. It also obviously hurt us because one of our main pushes was revoke. And, and in, in the Midlands, that was a difficult uh, message to sell where most places voted pretty heavily leave. And you, uh, for those obviously who don't know, you were the parliamentary candidate for Hinckley and Bosworth, is that right? Yeah. And, and, but, so since the general election... You have, well, obviously, there's been all sorts of chat within the Lib Dems. We've had the election review. But you yourself have come out and said you don't know if you would stand again uh, as a parliamentary candidate. Now, I mean, what, what's the thought processes uh, around that, really, Michael? Well, I mean, I've stood four times, 2010, 2015, 2017, 2019. And I suppose sometimes you think, well, do I want to do it again? You've given it four <laughs> goes. Um, do I want to, to go through that again? I mean, I obviously, as you've mentioned, represent the local community, Hinckley, on the Boa Council, where in fact the Lib Dems run the council, so I'm part of the exec there. I also represent on the county council, 
So I'm still representing the community locally on, on local councils. It's just whether I want to go for, for a general election again at the moment, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm happy to concentrate on council work at the moment. And I think that raises the, the key to maybe what, how we regenerate the North and the Midlands, is that what approach do you think the Lib Dems have to take? So, I mean, the traditional way of building up an area to get towards a critical mass, say like the St. Albans model that was uh, so successful in uh, 2019. But what do you think we need to do in the North? Can, can we, we can't ignore the air war, can we, from, from the politics? We can't just win it on local. No. What we have shown in the Midlands is we can still, still win at council levels. I mean, we've won Hinckley and Bosworth last year. Obi and Wigston Council has been majority Lib Dem in Leicestershire for many years. Uh, we got lots of councillors, new ones elected in places like Chesterfield and Malvern Hill. So the Lib Dems have won at local level in the Midlands. I think, you know, how, how do we win um, seats at council level? It's by taking up the issues that most people are concerned about. In your focus, you will take up in Preston the issues that people are talking to you about in Preston that are the most important ones. In Hinkley, I take up the ones, the issues that people are concerned about, you know, the, the future of local health services, the future of, of local transport services, the issues that really concern people's everyday lives. And I think we really do need to scale up what we learn from local campaigning into more national campaigning. So we need to talk about the issues that most people are concerned about, which generally will be health, education, employment, transport, policing, all the big things that people are concerned about. The, the kind of things that the national campaigns were talking about in 2001, 2005, when we made these big breakthroughs we're winning 50, 60 MPs. We were electing MPs in the Midlands and the North and all parts of Britain. So if we talk about the things that most people are concerned about, I think we'll do better. I think it's also about how we talk about things. I think if you see a Lib Dem on TV talking about Europe, they'll speak with passion about the need to rejoin the European Union. I think if we can have Lib Dem spokespeople talking with equal passion about improving every health service in every community, education in every community, jobs and opportunities, if they see we're really passionate and concerned about these issues, then I think that will communicate itself to people as well, that we really do care about the things that happen in their everyday lives, and that if they vote for us, we are a party that's concerned about them and we will bring about change. I think we get that across in local communities. People often say, you're the ones that really care about the local community where we win councillors. If we can get that across on a national level as well, I think it can really help us to make breakthroughs again. And do you think, I mean, I am... Rem rem Without doubt, I have no compunction about this whatsoever, ruthlessly locally focused in my focus leaflets. You know, I don't really touch national issues at all because I, I, on, a, on a very, like I say, ruthless uh, basis, I think I can get 70% of people in my ward to agree on a particular local issue. If a national issue came up, I might only get 10% of them actually agree with that Lib Dem stance. So are you saying we need to push more national things into our local leaflets or do you think we have to change our campaigning so it's a little bit more diverse so you do your national stuff on your social media or and you you keep your local focus leaflets as local what, what would be your approach i think if you have an integrated approach where you can connect the local issue to the national issue that's great for example in Hinkley, we have a lot of underfunding of health services we don't have the quality health services that we need in the town if we can put across the lib dem policy is to um, put a penny on tax to raise money for extra health services, then that gets across a national message, which we can show on a local level, this is what it will deliver. Equally, um, you know, national messages on education, on transport, on all these big issues, 
if we can show them and communicate on a local level what that means in Hinckley or in Derby or in Leicester or in Chesterfield, this Lib Dem policy will improve your local services like this, then we can do it. So it's, it's, a, it's a mixture. I mean, obviously you need the stuff that's, that's very localised, but then you need to apply the national stuff at a local level as well. And so what, since you've set up the, the new group, so what has been the, the input like? Who, who have you got coming forward? What has, what's going on within the group? We've got loads of great support. We've got an interim uh, executive that, 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 that founded the group. So, for example, we've got the support of Phil Benyon, who used to be the MEP for the West Midlands. He's acting as one of our presidents. Also, Stephen Dorrell, who was a Conservative MP in Leicestershire for a long time and was a Conservative Health Secretary. He's agreed to be president. I mean, that's good. I mean, he's obviously got experience as Secretary of State for Health. Obviously, at the moment, that, 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 that's a really good uh, person to have on board with the team. We've also got uh, Beverly Nielsen, who's our excellent candidate for West Midlands Mayor. She's one of our vice chairmen. Um, and we've also got Paul Holmes, who was, was the, the last MP in the East Midlands, who represented Chesterfield for many years. He's on the executive as well. So we've got lots of big figures from the region. We've also got lots of councillors, campaigners, activists involved. So there's a whole range of people getting involved in the group. And if uh, listeners or viewers are, uh, are based in the Midlands or have want to get involved somehow, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So we're on Twitter. So if you follow us on at lib underscore heart, you can follow us on there. If you want to message us, you can get onto the email group list that we've got. We're also going to be having um, online debates soon, which we'll be advertising on there. And uh, we're launching a website soon. So there's lots of ways people can get involved. We're also looking for people to supply articles uh, for, for newsletters and the website about issues that concern the Midlands, because there are lots of issues that we do want to highlight and really push within the group. And just moving slightly away from that, group, I have also seen you are involved in, is it Lib Dem Base? Which, mm, is, yeah. uh, which is to do with cross-party workings and things like that. Now, we have just had an episode that recorded about working with other parties so from your point of view what how important should the lib dems be taking working with other parties and where should the, where should we go with that well where we have agreement with other parties we should obviously you know work with them on an issue by issue basis and if we agree with labor on something or the greens then you know there should be no tribal stopping us from working with people on an issue by issue basis either in Parliament or on councils. As you know, on many councils across the country, we work with different parties. Um, and, and at meetings, we'll cooperate with people from other parties. So I think absolutely work together where we've got shared goals and objectives. Absolutely, we should be working together. But uh, I wouldn't go into any formal deals or pacts or anything like that. You know, Liberal Democrats should stand candidates everywhere um, and, and stand on our principles and, and values. But uh, where we can work with other people, absolutely. We should try and be cooperative because, to be honest with you, one of the worst things I think about politics at the moment is just how divided and tribal and, uh, you know, it is at the moment. So I think where we work with people, we should try and narrow the divisions rather than try and, and widen them. And as I was talking about kind of rounding this all, almost seamlessly like I've actually planned this, um, is obviously the general election review talked about a narrative, how, you know, we, and we haven't had a narrative that attracts people in the Midlands and in the North. Even though, like I say, I couldn't fault really our manifesto. Our manifesto you know, is, is, was considered the most redistributive. You know, the Resolution Foundation said it was the best. We had, it had brilliant green agenda. It had, but there's something we are not doing to sell it right and to sell it to Northern Voices. Now, 
what what can we do and what are you guys planning to do in the midlands to try and bridge that gap i think we need to highlight the really big issues that affect people's everyday life the health service the education service transport employment these are the big issues and if you look at the midlands we're an area that often misses out. We have amongst the worst funded local governments. I mean, Leicester is the worst funded county. That means people get higher council tax, but lose important services, bus services, short start centres closing down. You've also got, you know, schemes such as the Midland Main Line, which would benefit the East Midlands, which was started under the Lib Dems in government, but it's been cancelled and postponed by the Tories. You know, the Midlands often misses out. And one big issue that's going to certainly arise soon is going to be post-COVID what happens to our manufacturing industry because the Midlands are the main manufacturing industry in the country one in seven people in the East Midlands works in manufacturing one in eight in the West Midlands in my own town of Hinkley there's the Triumph motorcycle factory which is talking about laying off hundreds of employees which will be a huge blow to the town there's also Rolls-Royce in Derby where there's you know 9,000 jobs being talked about being lost at Rolls-Royce there could be huge cuts in manufacturing industry, which doesn't just affect the people involved, but also the supply chains, all the other companies that, that have links to those companies. It could have a real devastating on the Midlands, effect on the Midlands economy, and that's something that we need to put forward. And I think if Liberal Democrats are seen to be championing jobs, employment, manufacturing, these kind of down-to-earth issues, then I think we can begin to widen our appeal. And, I mean, there's a lot of talk at the moment about I mean, we're not talking about in terms of staying in in regard to Brexit, but the consequences of a no-deal Brexit if no transition happens, which looks like the Tories, from my point of view, just look like they want to get the issue over with. They know the economy is going to be hurt by it, but they, but they think actually COVID may cover a bit of that in terms of the economy is going to be struggling anyway, so let's get the pain out all in one go. It's like almost their, their version of just ripping the plaster off. But that will, I mean, particularly for the Midlands and your manufacturing, to lose not only having the COVID issue, but then a no-deal Brexit, do you think that's going to push Brexit back on the agenda in terms of, look what you've done? Or do you think we have to move beyond it and just say, look, the government's just incompetent? I think it's a question of competence, really, because if they were being pragmatic and sensible about protecting jobs and the economy, they would understand that they need to look at the transition period and extension just on practical levels leaving aside the, the ideological side of it so for them to, to to carry on when they know it's going to do huge damage especially when it's combined with a huge loss of income that's come about because of the covid crisis is going to do huge damage to the economy and if we're looking at you know millions and millions of people losing their jobs across the country that's going to be devastating so i hope even now they can at least take a pragmatic approach to these issues to try and limit the damage to the economy and ensure that we try and defend you know, manufacturing and other industries, which are going to be hit if, if they take a reckless approach. And you kind of, I, I start off with your position thinking they've got to be pragmatic. You know, they've won all these seats in areas like Redcar and like you're saying, the number of seats in the, in the Midlands, which will be utterly devastated by a no-deal Brexit combined with COVID. But then I... They don't seem to be wanting to back down. Now, I don't know if this is a bit of gamesmanship from Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings et al., but they, they, like I said, they don't seem to be taking a step back from the brink. No, I mean, it almost seems to be sort of copying a Donald Trump style, let's have a culture war, let's have a big battle, a big argument about it, rather than let's just actually look at the practical economic effects. Because the practical economic effects will be hugely damaging to places like the Midlands and the North and other parts of the country. And I really do hope that 
they could just take a serious approach, realizing you know, what, what an awful precipice we're on as a country at the moment, economically with the effects of COVID and the possibility of no deal, and just step back and take a sensible option. I mean, we can, but hope they will do. So you talked about Lib Dems and HQ making sure they focus on the big issues that are affecting people, you know, education, health, and such and such. Um, do you think that's a problem with the priority we give them? Or I'm just I'm paying a little bit of devil's advocate here for the sense that, you know, as a third party or fourth party in, um, in British politics, it's very difficult to get media attention. And I, on a, on a separate issue, I saw a Lib Dem candidate, an activist, being very vocal on Twitter saying, how has our party not mentioned X and X issue? And actually the party had done eight press releases within the last month, but just nobody hears about it. So how do, how do we bridge that gap again? I don't, I, I'm not sure I know the answer to that. It's difficult, obviously, you know, to try and get coverage as a smaller party. It's, it's very difficult. I think the thing is, the average person is probably, you know, has got lots of other things to do other than politics. So they might only hear about the Liberal Democrats for, say, 15 seconds, a clip on the TV of a Lib Dem spokesperson or a, a tweet that's been retweeted from the national account or a Facebook post that somebody's shared. And I think if for that moment that they see the Lib Dems, they see there's actually something they care about, about getting quality health services, education services, transport, keeping hold of quality jobs, getting more quality employment. If they see that the bit that they see about the Lib Dems is something that actually relates to their lives, they can say, well, actually, this group of people is people that actually do care about me and the things that affect my everyday life. And I think by just, you know, resolutely concentrating on those big issues, we can do well. Because if you look at, you know, for example, 2005, when we got our best results, you look at the policies we ran on then, they were on the big sort of major issues, health, education, social care, that, that people care about. And, and I think you and couple it with the good old fashioned targeting and campaigning. And I think reiterating what we said in our organizers um, podcast, the round table, where we said, you know, winning elections is tough. And that goes from boroughs right the way up to parliamentary seats. It takes work. And it ta if you want a quick and easy kind of life, trying to be a Lib Dem politician isn't probably the place for you. And I think that's something that all people in the North and Midlands probably have to realise that there is no quick fix. There's, n there's no easy solution for us. No, it's the long march of campaigning, of keeping, you know, getting the focuses out, keep knocking on doors when, when we can start knocking on doors again, just keeping active in the community on all the things that people are concerned about. And it's just being there and doing stuff all year round. And, you know, I think eventually when the party's national fortunes recover, I think there will be quite a few places in the Midlands and the North where we do see, you know, big increases in our votes at general elections as well as local elections. Uh, but before that happens, we have to do the work on the ground, as you say, keep getting the councillors elected and, and keep doing the, the work at a local level. And I suppose that's the perfect way to end this podcast is that if, when, like I say, if and when the, uh, the National Party's fortunes do change, you need to be, have a local capacity to be able to capitalise on it. Because you, no matter what, how good the, the National Party might be doing, if you're in a constituency where you've got zero or one councillor, you're probably not going to win it. And actually having a good local government base and experience, that is how, you, that is how we as a party are going to grow in the Midlands and the Northwest. And, and me and you have slogged it all the way through coalition and everything else and came out the other side. This is easy compared to how we started. <laughs> so, so to everyone out there, just keep, keep going, I suppose, is the, uh, is the message we've got for them. 
absolutely just keep battling on. Um, as uh, Tony Rogers, who was elected back to Chesterfield Council last year at 81, I think, always <laughs> says to me, if you work hard in the worst times, you'll get the rewards in the good times. So I think that's a good sort of slogan for, for just keep battling on through the most difficult times. And when the, when the good times return, you, you, will, you, will, you will do well. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mike. I really appreciate you coming on. Do go check out the Heart of, uh, the Heart of England Lib Dems. They're, like I say, they're trying to do something as in to regenerate our party in, in places that we need to regenerate, if we are going to be credible, if we are going to remove the Tories, because Labour aren't going to take back vast ways of Tory seats. It will be down to us to do that. If we want the Tories out of power in four years, Lib Dems have to step up and be the opposition that Labour can't be in a lot of these seats. So thank you so much to Michael. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and watching if you're doing it on YouTube and Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like. Make sure you comment and share. If you have any questions, by all means, get in touch. If you want to know more information about the heart of Lib Dems, do let us know. We'll pass on your details. That's no problem whatsoever. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll have another episode very soon.